live from State Street in the heart of Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvan, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Third down at seven. Love is in the gun. Two receivers left, three to the right. Cowboys showing blitz up the middle. Love walks toward the line of scrimmage. Play clock down to four. Now at three. Love back in the gun with a play clock at one. Has the snap. Back to pass. Double pumps. Throws back to the end zone. And it is caught for the touchdown. It's Dontavian Wicks. Jordan Love backpedaling. Throws it up to Wicks who makes the catch. Back in the end zone. Two feet down. Beat Gilmore for the touchdown. A 20-yard strike. And the Packers have taken a 20 to nothing first half lead. Love under center takes the snap. Back on a play fake. Rolling left. Flips his hip. Throws back right. Man wide open. Musgrave at the 15. To the 10 to the 5. Musgrave to the end zone. Touchdown Packers. Love came out of the play fake. And Musgrave was all alone. Tossing it high to the ceiling. Musgrave waited for it to settle into his hands and runs to the end zone. A 38-yard touchdown, and the Packers have put up 40. Love lifts his right leg, play clock at three. Down to two, now at one. Here's the snap. Love fakes the handoff, rolling right, looking, fires into the end zone, caught for a touchdown. It's Romeo Dobbs to cap off a big day. Disgusting. Good thing it's just an anomaly. What uh, is that? The uh, Cowboys Radio Network. Who is that? Well, I didn't uh, hear Westwood, Wayne. That was Westwood, Westwood One on the call. One? As the uh, Bears Radio Network, we now have access oh. to uh, oh, a Westwood. plethora I of NFL highlights. And there is a dagger. Listen, I spared Sylvie that. When was the dagger call? I heard it had to be he, early. No, uh, didn't Merkin send us that he? It was the earliest dagger call. M- M- he had Merkin made was the, watching the Sandberg game on re, on 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 repeat. But that was that was yesterday. The Sandberg game was oh. running on marquee last night. You mean the it's Ryan way, Sandberg runs, channel runs every day? Uh, it is the Ryan Sandberg channel. It runs it, every day. It, it, it basically. But during the um, the second NFL game last night, we had that on. I, w- I was showing both well, my kids. But why not? I mean, why not to run it perfectly? Because there's no Bears playoff football to watch. Let's watch a, a game from June of 1984, kids. Sit on down. <laughs> the Sanford game was on again. I still went to it, though. With the football game on TV one, I still put the sound on TV two once he came up. Both times against Bruce Suter. Hey, kids, watch this. And then when you were done with that, did you turn on the 85 uh, Super Bowl game? You watch, hey, kids, watch the Bears take it out on the uh, the New England Patriots. This is going to be fun. I got nervous here when Walter fumbled early on. We were down 3 nothing, But uh, after that, it was all Bears. 46 to 10. The anniversary's coming up, January 26th. How many years is that now? 100? <laughs> Basically. What is it, 38 or 39? What is it now? Well, 24. Do the math. So 86. 38. 14, 38, yeah. 38 years. Oh, I got a headache. Me right, too. I got stat. a headache I need as a well. stat. I'm giving right. a stat. Stat, stat. So give me a stat, stat. So tell me um, the quarterback rating for both C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love were identical in their first playoff 157.2. Nearly perfect. Yes. Like 158-something is a perfect quarterback 158.3. 158.3. So they nearly had a perfect quarterback rating. I think, I, and I believe, 
It was the final incompletion that Stroud threw that I think got him off of perfect. Wasn't that what it was? Yep. I want all of you guys to guess. I want everyone on Twitch. I got people on Twitch uh, here too. Everything going okay in there? Uh, they're they're very critical of the yeah. wide receiver stats that way, but that's okay. Like this is sports. It's it's not, you don't have what to agree. What is their criticism? I don't know. It's fine though. Okay. Um, everyone, come up with a guess here. Who has? The high quarterback rating in a postseason game for the Chicago Bears in its 104-year history. The Bears obviously are the charter franchise, okay? The Bears have the longest history in the National Football League out of all the postseason games. Now, whatever, Flutie. whatever the quarterback rating, however long, whenever it was invented, this goes back... You can still calculate it for all the quarterback games. Now, I will tell you this. Can I, can I give you a little history here? Yeah. Give me a little history. 1933 championship game. Okay? Bears. Technically. Bears. Technically, Bronco Nagurski, who is not a quarterback. Right. Halfback throw? Ha- was two for two yeah. for 42 yards and two touchdowns. And they beat the Evansville Racers in that game, right? Yep. He had a, a 158.3 passer rating. Wasn't a quarterback, though, okay? Let's throw that one out. Just two for two. Can this be something that has occurred in the last 50 years? Okay, well, hold on here. Sid Luckman, in the famous 1940 championship game, this was when they beat Washington 73 to nothing. You, who are you talking to? Ago. Like, we don't know that. This is, everyone remembers this game. At least, if you grew up a Bears fan, you ever you were always taught the Bears once won in a championship game, seventy three to nothing. Sid Luckman had a quarterback rating of one fifty six point two. Do you know what his stats were in this game? Four of five for one touchdown. You are very very close. You you, you could not be closer than you were. Four of six for one touchdown. He was three of four. Okay. For eighty eight yards. And a touchdown. So, I went to Jacob Nitzberg knowing this stuff, and I we determined, let's get a quarterback with a minimum of 10 quarterback attempts. So, th- we cut it off of, I-, I think that's pretty fair, don't you? Yes. To, to, to compute this, let's take a quarterback with a minimum of 10 throws. So, so we determined... Out of the 104-year, so this would bring us to the modern game, like you ask. Mm-hmm. Out of all the quarterbacking, out of all the Bears playoff games, which quarterback has the highest quarterback rating in a Bears postseason? My game? first thought was Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie. How did you fall on Doug Flutie? I don't know. I just—he's a BC guy. Okay, so Waddle's guess is Doug Flutie. It's going to either it's be funny. or Caleb Haney was one, my, one, one of my the, head went to a similar spot. Waddle, I said I was thinking Mike Tomzak. One I of was the years thinking that Mc, too. McMahon was injured in yeah. the late '80s, so I'm going to guess Mike Tomzak. That's a good one because Tomzak's record as a starting quarterback, yes. buoyed by that fantastic defense, and I think to Sylvie's point about the good, ten, the ten minimum attempts, I could see Mike Tomzak having gone like. 12 for 14 in a game. Yeah. So I'm going to go Tyler. Good call. Good call. Tyler, do you have a guess? I'll go with. Tyler hasn't been alive for long <laughs> enough to go back far. I'll go with Rex Grossman. 
Rex Grossman. Sexy Rexy. Played in the Super Bowl. That's a good thought. That's too obvious, though. It's too obvious it? that it would be but Rex. No, the, because o- the obvious the, ones would he be... He was the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he's still like a... A bum name, like I, yeah. whoa, 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 no, we don't know. No, he's not a bum. I feel like Jim McMahon. He's considered one of the worst quarterbacks ever played in a Super Bowl. Jim McMahon and and uh, Jake and Cutler Jay are, like are the, the two, obvious. They're the only two like I notable think Rex names. Is obvious too because he 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 was the starting quarterback in the Super. Bowl. Maybe wrong though. Maybe maybe wrong. Let me see here on on Twitch if anyone's got it. I've got. Sounds I've like got, we are not correct. Someone's going with Trebinsky. Uh, Ooh, there you go. Someone's going. Uh, and then we do a, We have a Kyle Orton guest. We have Sexy Rex. You remember how bad it was for for Mitch until the fourth quarter, and then he had a really good fourth quarter that brought them back. So maybe it is. It is Mitchell. It is not Mitch Trubisky. Wow. Um, the closest guess. We have no correct guesses so far. The closest guesses are Waddle and Meller. Oh, can I guess again? You, you, you guys are on the right track. Steve Walsh. No, no, no. It would be Steve Fuller. And Waddle just nice. nailed it. Yeah. The man with the highest playoff man, I think was quarterback his rating in a playoff game for the Chicago Bears <laughs> is Steve Fuller as the Bears beat the Washington Redskins in 1984. What was the final? He had a 143.7 rating. He was 9 of 15 for 211 yards and two touchdowns. Couple of bombs to Willie Gull. The Bears upset the Redskins 23 to 19 in Washington. Who did he throw the touchdown passes to? Let me see. Here. Dennis McKinnon, maybe? I got, I got to take a look at what the year. What year was it again? 84. 1984, the year before. And then the next week they yeah. they got beat by the the 49ers. 49ers and that led them to the eighty five season when they got revenge on everybody. Stickman to the rescue. Walter Payton threw a touchdown in this game wow. as well. Okay, naturally. Let me see here. We're, yeah, we're so seeing. it's uh, Willie Galt and Dennis McKinnon each caught touchdowns. We reach right. 75-yarder to Willie yes. Galt. Uh-huh. So is this your roundabout way of saying that Jordan Love is not is may not even be as good as Steve Fuller in his career? This is a roundabout way of saying what they did is pretty damn incredible. In their very first playoff game for C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love to do that, that the Bears in their 104-year history... We could have done that if we wanted to. Out of all the We could have done it if we wanted to. We like to run the rock and play defense. That's what we do. Four yards in a cloud of dust. Yes, that's how we do it. That's how we all play. Right. By the way, <laughs> Baker Mayfield should have thrown for 400 last night in their game. If not for the six, there was, I'm not, this is not enhancing the story. Six drops in the first half. Trust me, I know it because I had a Mike Evans anytime touchdown and over 67 oh, no. yards receiving. And he dropped two deep balls, including one that would have been a touchdown. When no, he, wait, wait. In the Eagles' defense, they didn't know it was a tackle football game. Good point. So. That's a good right. point. That's right. Uh, Jimmy on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? How's it going, dude? What's up? How's it going with you, Jimmy? Oh, man. Uh, listen, it's not fun anymore, to be quite honest. But, uh, yeah, it's right. <laughs> I say something to the McCaskies. The imbeciles that you put in in charge of this franchise over the past three decades 
has ruined its legacy. But all can be forgiven if you guys take the opportunity this year to do it the right do it the right way. Not get it right. Do it the right way. I think there's three things in the NFL right now that if you look around, there's examples of franchise building that uh, hold, hold true. So if you look at playmakers, right, I'm a big proponent of getting Marvin Harrison Jr. because I look at the Niners. Look at the four guys that they have that, pe- that play- teams' defenses have they can't ignore, right? On top of that, they've invested heavily in free agency and with extensions into their defensive line. Another example is the Houston Texans. Do you know who spent the most money on their offensive line? The Houston Texans. That helps your quarterback a lot, right? And C.J. Stroud is great. But to be honest, it's a bit of an exception to the rule because a rookie quarterback that's been drafted in the first round hasn't won a playoff game since 2009, right? So if you look at the draft, you look at it being loaded with offensive linemen, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. I have no problem going to get a quarterback, but I think you're foregoing a lot of capital. Let me throw a crazy one at you. You get Brock Bowers, you get Marvin Harrison Jr., and you get go get yourself some Kirk Cousins, and then you keep Justin Fields on the bench. He's 24. He watches the game. He watches the pro do it. Are you telling me that Kirk Cousins is not going to light the field up with that with that group of weapons? Well, you know, let's go back to you, but, but Jimmy, Jimmy, the, the, let's let's go back and and let's deconstruct and then reconstruct the guys that you mentioned with San Francisco. It's a good point. Like, there's a lot of talent there, but none of them were drafted with the third overall pick. So to be married to just Marvin Harrison Jr. is, I think, where. We don't actually see eye to eye. Is he a fabulous player? Absolutely. Debo Samuel, second rounder. George Kittle's a fifth rounder. Ayuk was McCaffrey late in the first was round. High. Correct. McCaffrey was pretty high. He was pretty yeah. high. But Ayuk was 25th, I think. Like, So they didn't build their team with high first-round draft picks at skill position. Now, if you want to say to me, like, you want to spend those picks or the third overall Trent, picked on, pick on Trent a— Trent Williams— Trent Williams was a trade from Washington, right, wasn't he? So was McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey was a yeah. Right, right. McCaffrey was a trade too. So they weren't even picks of theirs. But so let me ask you this, Jimmy: Why would you want to use forty, thirty-five million dollars on Kirk Cousins um, and use your use your salary cap money on him, and then not get anything for Justin Fields in draft capital? You're burning your free agent capital. You're not capitalizing on draft capital and just putting Justin Fields on the bench. That's a waste. Wait. So, well, let me let me answer that in pieces. So, Kirk Cousins, the sixty million dollars or so in salary cap with the new CBA, that might as well be six hundred million dollars. You guys know that this thing can be manipulated so that players get more guaranteed money put in escrow. And teams can spend a little money using the future of their of their salary cap table. Teams do it way more than the, than the Bears do. Actually, the Bears do it the least. Okay, then you're talking about keeping Fields. Fields is Fields is uh, going for seven million bucks next year. Are you telling me there aren't ten, fifteen teams this year that would have killed to have Fields for seven million bucks sitting on the bench? So why wouldn't you trade him in your scenario? Well, if you're going to okay, if you're going to get 
the eighth pick, I'm uh, okay. I'm I'm get, I'm good trading him. But I think this is a league of starter quality depth, as well as but a two quarterback. But league. Jimmy, if he's on your and bench. You the Packers, they've had they've had stars on ice last last three quarterbacks. There's been a star on ice that they've developed over the course of time. Are, are we considering that route? Perhaps it's been pretty successful. I, I don't think you put Justin Fields on the bench as a backup, just you know, hoping that if Kirk Cousins would get hurt, that he could step right in. And by the way, they play the position differently. So, which offensive coordinator are we bringing in? I look. If you are going to bring in a free agent, a la Kirk Cousins, which is not what I would do, or you're going to use the first pick of the draft and and pivot and go in a different direction at quarterback, then I'm going to. I'm going to trade my existing quarterback because I believe there is value around the National Football League for his services. I told you if I'm going to Minnesota for a free agent, it's Daniel Hunter. Me, I would agree and I, with I'm you. pairing him yes. with Montez Sweat, and I'm creating havoc up front. That's what I'm spending I'm my, my money on. I would hope that there is going to be some attention paid to the offense this year as well. Sure. But I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But I, yeah, I'm just saying. Like if I if you're asking me to Kirk spend Cousins money in or Minnesota another, or yeah. another Minnesota Viking, I'll go with Daniel yeah. Hunter as well. How, how can you not watch this past weekend the games being played? Watch Jordan Love. Watch C.J. Stroud play from the pocket and elevate the players they're playing with. And Baker not Mayfield. see the difference between them and Justin Fields. Baker Mayfield also plays from the pocket, as does Jared Goff. Pretty much everyone you saw in the NFC side. Mark on the west side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mark? Good evening, gentlemen. How you doing? We're good. 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 You know what? It doesn't matter if you have Mahomes back there, if you have Allen back there. If this offensive line is going to be back next year, you're not going to win nothing to begin with. Now, I'm not a big Justin Fields fan, but I can't even grade him because every time they hike the ball, the kid is running for his life. Only quarterback in the league right now that could play behind that line because they have the ability to run is the guy, the kid from, uh, from uh, 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 what's the kid, the Lamar. Because he, he's Baltimore. a runner. But any other quarterback you put back there, they're going to get killed. That offensive line is a sieve. Get some men that can go up there and block. The run game is average at best, but you can put any quarterback back there in Chicago, he going to get murdered. He don't have a chance. Thanks, guys. Mark, thanks, thanks for your phone call. Where did they measure this year in terms of stats, in terms of their offensive line in protection? Now, again, I know that the delivery time is not, it's not going to look good because Justin does hang on to the ball long. But I would say this in his defense. Pretty much every quarterback that does have the running component to his game, whether it's Josh Allen, or it's it's Lamar Jackson, or it's Jalen uh, Hurts. Jalen Hurts. They all have an elevated hold on to the ball time because that's just the nature of the, how they play the position. So all of them are going to be guys that hang on to it for a pretty long period of time. But ultimately, I actually thought that the Bears' offensive line didn't grade too badly this year. Again, I mean, whatever you want to trust, pro football focus, whatever. I don't think any of it is gospel, but I think it is something that you throw into your football calculator and then you come up with a conclusion as to how you feel. Uh, I think that they're a better offensive line. Do I think they're one of the better offensive lines in the league? No, I don't. I don't believe they are. We'll look for that. Uh, Lewis in the Northwest Burbs, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Lewis? 
Hey guys, I was just looking for the offensive line ranking as well. Right. What, the what do you last got? What do you got? What do you got? Obviously, I couldn't find it. I, you I switched back to uh, the phone to take myself off mute, but I similar to the last caller, just struggling with how you do a complete evaluation on Justin's capabilities. When I, you know, I think I looked before, and I want to say the offensive line was ranking in the like, the twentieth, like mid twenties for across the NFLs, so, like. I just struggle to give him a full, you know, ranking when we really haven't seen one him behind a good solid offensive line play calling catered to his strengths. And also I feel like there was a good amount of drop passes this year that could have really swayed games in a different direction. Um, when Justin was hitting them, um, you know, I feel like a guy with like Greg Roman with proven success and the addition of some wide receivers and offensive line through the draft and both trading down is very intriguing. Um, but I have a question for you guys. It's kind of a would you rather that I was thinking about was if you had to pick, would you rather pass on Caleb and him go on to be successful somewhere else and Justin kind of just remain with his current capabilities? Or would you rather draft Caleb, him be a bust, and Justin go on to be successful elsewhere under a new uh, new offense? Uh, thanks, guys. I'll hang up and listen. I think that that first option – if you knew that you missed on Mahomes, that you left CJ last year, which I was fine with because I, I think the philosophy all along was to find out what Justin was. It was too soon last year to move on. And you, you scored big on the trade down. But for the third time, missing. That if you would, the third time, missing on the premier quarterback would be too hard to handle. That's too hard. How do you feel about Mahomes right now? That one stings, right? Yeah, it's probably the worst transaction in, in my lifetime in Chicago sports. And right now, I mean, it's a small sample size, but it's glaring right now with the kid in Houston. Yeah, story. yeah, yeah. I, but I understand I, I can that. live with that easily. I, I, I'm like, that doesn't bother time me. And, it's circumstance. The circumstances were such that it, time and place, you could you could excuse why they did what they did. Is it weird did. that it doesn't bother me? Um, As a Bears fan, it does not bother me. It doesn't keep me up at night, but I do find myself saying, wow, I wish he was on my team. It doesn't bother me, I think, because they have the number one overall pick. And there's a path where this works out very well. For Ryan Poles, if he selects a quarterback and that quarterback turns out to be great, right. because if if you get if 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 Caleb Williams is as good as they say, and yes. you end up with Caleb Williams, DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, yes. Tyreek Stevenson, next year's second round pick versus just CJ Stroud. Stroud, what's better? Yeah, no so, question. The, fir- the first package. Some would argue that having CJ Stroud would be the better option. That's because because you still could have identified guys at different positions with your draft picks. You still have to make, but that's a one for one. That's a first I for a first. It. You could with the first round pick netted you, Caleb Williams, Dar- uh, uh, DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, Tyreek Stevenson, um, and next year's second round pick. What if CJ for one player? What if CJ Stroud turns out to be the second coming of Patrick Mahomes? I, like again, like I just feel like they weren't in the quarterback I'm market you. last I'm, year. I'm That's with why you. maybe, like again, it doesn't keep me up may, at night. It, it, it maybe it should bother me more, but I, I was never 
thinking that they needed a quarterback last year. I think we're also, because Bryce Young, the, the entire conversation was around him. And I, I get it, Waddle. You got to get that right. Yeah, it's though. Ryan Pulse's job to get that right. However, I think a lot of people believe that if they would have stayed there, they, they probably, Bryce Young was the likely pick. Well, I hope not. I mean, like, I hope not too, again, but like, if that I've is, heard that means. a lot as an excuse from, from a no, lot. I'm not trying Jericho's to make. even said it as well. He, he has. I don't necessarily believe that that's 100% true. I know personally I would have never drafted Bryce Young with the first overall pick because I was scared to death of his size. And I may end up being as wrong as I have been about other things, but I would have never gone in that direction because of the size. But, you know, you hear that the, you, you hear that the Carolina Panthers, the coach and the GM, were interested in C.J. Stroud. And the guy that they actually drafted was a result of the owner getting involved. So I'm not so sure that everyone in the National Football League had Bryce Young graded ahead of C.J. Stroud. Well, remember, too, there was a time where... Didn't someone try to trade up as well? Well, there were there was... And again, the draft odds aren't everything, but there was a time where things flipped, and C.J. Stroud right. was all of a sudden the favorite to be the number one overall pick. Because yeah. I think that was probably in a time where you, there was rumors that... It was Frank, like the, Frank Frank and, the and Josh McCown. And yeah. It was like the week leading up to the draft, I want to say. We didn't yeah. Josh McCown on. Did the Raiders, didn't the Raiders uh, try and trade I up, too? So. I think so. Yes, yes. Look, there, I'm there with you. Report, like, yeah. I, I don't, like, I'm always, I'm going to have quarterback envy for anybody that's as good as C.J. Stroud has shown to be. But I, I can sleep with, I go to bed at night fine. The, the the Mahomes one is more difficult to digest because because of who we took and because we've had a time to see the body of work. Like, C.J. Stroud has been brilliant, and I don't expect him to fall off a cliff next year. But the, the sample size is smaller. The Mahomes sample size That's, is yeah. is crushing. Yeah. Uh, you got the pro football focus. Uh, uh, Bears line, pass rushing. Or, I mean, pass just, protection. It just gives you offensive line offensive in general. Offensive line was yeah. 19th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that they were top half, but they're not, you know. That interior, too, was bad. The, yes. Like, the, the center position was god-awful. Nate Davis didn't stay healthy. No. Um, I, again, I don't, I, I, I'm not was sure about Braxton Jones. I keep hearing people say, though, that Braxton Jones graded out better than you may think. Well, you heard I, you heard Ryan Poles say that he believes. I think okay. in a press conference that he is a starting tackle in this league. I believe is what he said. Is he the Bears' starting tackle? That I don't know. Uh, Ralph, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ralph? Hey, what's up, guys? Always great, Ralph. Listen, anyone who, if if people have actually sat down and watched this tape, like USC Athletics yesterday put out all William 72 touchdowns in the last year, okay. If people have sat down and watched this tape and they come back and say there's any any chance that you don't draft this kid, they're out of their mind or they never watched football before. Okay, and I, I like Fields, you know, I, I root for the kid. If you watch and sit and actually waste as many hours as I do for some God-forsaken reason doing this, this kid's release, the way he sees the field, the fluidity in the game, there's no way you don't take this kid, okay? I don't care if you could you know, slide back and get a couple linemen, this, that, and the other, and feel good about, you know, some, some guys on some guys who are going to be starters in the next couple of years. We need an absolute game-changing player that puts fear in people. And I'm telling you, this is a kid. you got to watch the tapes. I've gone down the rabbit hole a little bit recently. Now, I, I, I mean, I, I would want to watch the entire games before I get yeah. too lathered up. 
But uh, I've seen some of the uh, rab- you going down the rabbit hole highlight things, and th- there's some there's some interesting stuff there. There's 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 no question. His, his highlight reel is incredible, but Justin Fields' highlight reel is incredible. This too. is a different highlight. No, reel. I know that, but like anybody's YouTube highlight reel. Is yeah, cra- but I, no, I, I'm not contesting that. I, I'm I'm saying that his game tape may be way better, and probably is. But I'm just saying anybody's 72 touchdown film will look great. You put together Justin Justin Fields' highlight reel is as good as anybody's. Yes, on a, there's no question. That's I mean, all I'm he's, saying. Yeah, but it's going to be a different highlight reel. This so, one over so, here is going to be throws. You know, 15 times more throws than this one. This highlight reel over here is going to be a lot of stuff that is done tucking and running that is all like he's one of one on that front. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Look, don't get me wrong, but I could still put together what was the throw that he made last year to uh, Pettis. Yes, against the commanders. And he's doing the push-ups. Like, I could put together some dimes from Justin Fields on a highlight reel. I could put together some unbelievable throws of just back of the end zone to DJ Moore. It just may not last the highlight reel as long as the other one will. Once 18 because minutes, it'll be done eight. a little bit sooner than the other one. But you're right. I mean, look, like I said, some of this stuff is intoxicating. Intoxicating. Get you drunk. You've seen how people behave. I remember, like, I'm just a victim of this. I remember falling in love with the Carlos Boozer highlight reel from the Jazz. Oh, no. Yes. I guilty. There, there, there was like some music video of Carlos Boozer's 2009 highlight reel. <laughs> well, he could fill it up. Oh, yeah. He's a 20. Yeah. He's a walking double-double. Yes. You didn't put defense in that. There was a good mixtape There's no need. It. We didn't have time for defense. No, right. Exactly. So That's what I mean. Reel, yeah. It's a highlight reel. Yeah. I watched that thing. I got all lathered up. There's a lot of yelling involved there, too. Him and Darren Williams playing the two-man game? Are you kidding me? Just this, I mean, this is, if in fact they decide to move forward with Justin, you better get the OC right, because I don't want to be having these conversations next year, 10 games in. Well, if only they were calling better plays. I know. So, like, I mean, regardless of which direction you go, A, there's risk involved, Right. There's risk. Well, what about Caleb Williams? You know, there's a bust fact. Okay. There's risk with moving forward with Justin if he doesn't get matched up with the right OC and doesn't make the the acceptable progress that everyone is hoping for. There's risk with everything. All I want to get to next year is, is I don't want to be in the hunt and we're five and nine. No. We're the last team on the hunt list. We're, we're five and nine next year. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What you guys want to continue to take some calls? I think uh, so. We got full phone. Okay, lines. let's do this. Uh, Josh Mantino, here on ESPN hey, One Thousand. What's up, Josh? Hey guys, afternoon. Always a pleasure. Hey, thank you. You know, while of course we're all gonna we're all gonna go round and round about if they should keep Justin or draft Caleb Williams or someone else, I get it, and I, I'm into that too. But I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. What we need to really focus on is who they're going to get in there to run the offense to call the plays. Because when you go up to Green Bay, Jordan Love is playing great, but I think that's as much Lafleur and what he does to put him in a good position as it is on Jordan Love. Give give Love the credit, but when I watch these no-name receivers popping wide open uh, against the Bears and in this first-round playoff game, 
I think that's as much on the scheme and who's, who's calling those offensive plays. If we don't get the right person in here for that going forward, it doesn't matter whether it's Justin, Caleb, uh, Drake May, or anyone else you want to name, it's not going to matter. I'd, yes, I mean, it's the point I just made. Like, I mean, if you're going to keep Justin or you're going to draft Caleb, you better get it right with the OC because I don't want any of the other conversations. They drive me crazy. It, it, it's why I was watching, again, and it's what I said earlier. I'm contradicting myself about crying over the spilled milk, but again, watching Ben Johnson scheme guys open, watching Bobby Sloak scheme guys open, and say, boy, it would be nice to have a conversation with one of these two, with Jim Harbaugh, with Mike Vrabel with all these guys, and saying, wouldn't it be nice with, especially these offensive guys, Vrabel's a defensive guy, but, uh, you know, these these young, innovative guys knowing they never leave your building. You know, that the, that the offensive guy never leaves your building. LaFleur is never leaving your building. No, I know. Listen, you know, if your and, offensive coordinator does well, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. And And again, like... Uh, Meller sent the the video of them in the draft room of, with Puka Nakua of when they made the determination, and it's Sean McVay. Speaking of, of scheming guys open, Sean McVay is talking to Les Snead, their their general manager, and the video is is they're talking about how Puka Nakua tested poorly um, on his pro day or whenever his forty time wasn't wasn't great, and they're sure. ta- talking about. But when you watch the film, he plays faster than his speed indicates on those pro days. And he's tough. And it's, it's McVeigh talking about how he would fit their offense and how he would fit in perfectly. And, he, and basically, what you, you've always heard in the draft room, who's going to pound his fist on the table for that guy? And there are scouts, sure. There's a general manager and assistant general manager, sure. Who's the guy in the Bears building? With Matt Eberflus, who's a defensive guy, who's going to pound his fist on the table for some of these guys. When they draft Tyler Scott, when they draft Valus Jones in the third round, Tyler Scott in the fourth round, and they trade for Chase Claypool, they obviously have a scouting issue with their wide receivers. They have a blind spot with their wide receivers scouting. Who's their guy that helps their scouting department offensively because they don't have an offensive mind in that coaching staff right now. Who's the guy helping polls? Don't know. It's not Ian Cunningham because he's going to be a he's going to be a general manager for somebody else more than likely. So that's what I want to know. How you get with all these guys who are littered across the league. I just read you all these wide receivers who are third round picks, fourth round picks, fifth round picks who are doing well. How is polls going to correct his issue? With scouting wide receivers with Velas. I guess Tyler you're going to have to draft someone like uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who there's no way you can miss on him. Then you can't miss. Uh, John, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, John? Hey, how you doing? Good. We're good. I, I, I hope all the people that called about a, a, an offensive line watched Love and Stroud. They had people within six inches of their face, and they stood in the pocket and threw ropes. Justin Fields has happy feet. The second anybody gets near him, he either wants to run or spin away, and people go, wow, that's terrific. I want you to explain what his skill set is. What do you mean what his skill set is? You guys have been saying he's got a skill set. What's his skill set? Well, I mean, he's a very... He's, he's, he's a, athlete. Yes. He's a great 
athlete. I think what he, John, I think he's made a lot of progress scrambling to throw. I think he keeps his eyes downfield a whole lot better now than he did earlier in his career and actually doesn't just tuck and run for the sake of running. I think that's improvement. You don't think that you, when you watch the other two kids, wasn't, first year, wasn't comparing them. They him just to stood that. There, yes, but they stood there. Guys were six inches away, and they didn't panic, and they threw the ball downfield. I mean, he doesn't do that. No, he doesn't have the he he doesn't have the same type of feel, or it doesn't appear that way. And I would reference the first throw that C.J. Stroud made in Week 18. I forgot who they played, but it was the first play of the game. He threw a deep ball for a touchdown to Nico Collins and got whacked as soon Colts. as he did. It was a Colts game, yes. That's my only point. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a fair point, John, that I've always said that like a lot of the things that have, that have kept me concerned are not necessarily things that you see sitting on your couch more than you see when you kind of really focus in and watch a quarterback, how he shifts to the right or shifts to the left or climbs the pocket or drops back an extra step to create a passing lane so that you're not shuffling into traffic or you're shuffling into sacks or you're bailing out of the pocket before the play is developed. Like there's a feel inside the pocket that some guys have that is significantly better than others. I would suggest that even now, although it has improved, I wouldn't necessarily say it's Justin's strength is being able to maneuver in the pocket to create an opportunity to throw the football. Now, I will say I've seen it improve. I saw it improve against the Falcons. I saw it improve against the second game against the Packers. But is it above average? No, that's not. But I will say also he has done a much better job keeping his eyes downfield when he breaks out of the out of out of the pocket. There was a time, even early in the year, where as soon as he got out of the pocket, tuck and run. But now you can see that he is much more patient and will, in fact, keep his eyes downfield and take opportunities to throw once he has break and contain, is broken contain, and is out on the edge. Is it where it would need to be for a top half of the league quarterback? Maybe not, but I'm just giving you examples of where I've seen him improve. It's one thing that I've seen from watching this small amount of Caleb Williams tape is whenever he's scrambling around, his eyes are always up looking to make a throw downfield. Right. And if he has to tuck and run, he will, and he has the ability to do so. In fact, I think it's one of the things that Caleb Williams, they'll probably, wherever he goes, they're going to have to focus on coaching. Like sometimes you, there he passes up open receivers to try to make a bigger play, sometimes because he's trailing by 10 points or whatever the case may be. He's got the ability to get rid of the ball quick, and you'll see plenty of tape on him where the ball comes out immediately. But you do see him at times also passing up on the six-yard flat route to try to push the ball downfield to make a bigger play. Daniel Jeremiah said that earlier today. We'll play that a little bit later. Uh, Joey in Lincolnwood, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Joey? Hey, how are you guys doing? Well, Sylvie? We're good. Not bad, Joey. Not bad. So there's just a couple points I want to make. Uh, I'm I'm young. I'm not like I'm 27, so I've been a Bears fan, seen Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton, Jay Cutler, Mitch, and <laughs> Uh, Justin Fields, but there's a couple points I want to make. So you didn't see I, the Steve Fuller game that Sylvie was talking about where he had 137 no, no, quarterback. Okay. No. Right. So there's a couple things I want to say. Um, I just don't think he's our quarterback. I'm not going to tear him down on the radio and stuff, but I mean, he hasn't thrown for 3,000 yards in the past three years he's played. 
And there's a couple quarterbacks I'll mention <clears throat> that got drafted in the first round that are that made the playoffs and won the games. Uh, you have Trevor Lawrence and uh, Joe Burrow. So they were drafted uh, first overall to you know anemic, dysfunctional organizations, and they turned it around. And I mean, Justin Fields has had some good games, but they've been against teams that are horrible. And so it's like we want a generational quarterback, not someone where. Yeah, I guess we could make the team better, and he'll win us a couple of playoff games. But if we have we pass on Mahomes and now C.J. Stroud, I just think if we pass up on Caleb Williams. It's not going to be looking good on us. Uh, it's uh, Joey. I mean, it's a it's a dif- difficult decision. Maybe it's not as difficult for Ryan Poles as we're suggesting. I don't think the decision is difficult. I think the evaluation is difficult. Like I've said a million times, if you come to the conclusion that that guy at USC or North Carolina is better than your guy, then you have to make the pick, in my opinion. If you're uncertain and you're like, I don't know, then I can understand why you would trade the pick and move forward with Justin and bide your time and build your team and hope he gets better and, and, and if you have to move off of him in a later date. It comes down to how they evaluate the guys that they have an option to, to draft. Now, I will go back to Joey's point about I thought – Trevor Lawrence was thrown in a really difficult situation in his rookie year. I thought he was much better last year. I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was very good this year. No, he wasn't. And if he was here, we would have said that. Yes, like we would absolutely. like this this town. Like I don't know what the criticisms like in Jacksonville, but a lot of people are like, "Hey, uh, what about Trevor Lawrence? Huh? Was not like, good this like year. We would we would not we'd be critical of Trevor Lawrence absolutely. very much so. Absolutely but, not but the player is, that you were hoping he would be at this point." Having used the first overall selection on but him. but in this in his second year, he won a playoff game and they came back in monumental fashion to win that game. Yes, um, I mean listen, there have been signs that he's a really good player, but this year, I didn't think he played well at all. All right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We've got uh, more uh, coming up on the Bears. I want to talk too at four o'clock. About my experience at the United Center on Friday. Oh, yes. Um, I, I know it was really the talk of the town regarding the um, Ring of Honor ceremony. We previewed it on Friday. Uh, little did I know that it was going to be uh, what it turned out to be. And boy, did it, uh, was it a disaster. Was it a Ring of Dishonor it was. ceremony? That's very good, Waddle. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll address that coming up at 4. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Bears must get to the 45 for a first down. Cutler fires downfield, and the catch is made by the tight end, Greg Olson, for a Bears touchdown. I tell you, that is a fantastic throw in these weather conditions. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Is it 13 years ago? What is that, 13? 13. Yeah, 2011 playoffs, 2010 season. The last Bears playoff game. I think it's the last time we got a response from Jay on on text chain. (laughs) I shouldn't say last playoff game because that was 2020 when they lost to New Orleans. But the last Bears playoff win... Happened 13 years ago today. 
a snowy Soldier Field because the snow was coming down with Greg Olson on that highlight you just heard where Jay hit Greg Olson against Seattle. Have we traded places with the Lions now? I don't think so. No? I don't think we've 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 fallen into Lions land. Haven't won a playoff game since what thirteen years ago? Thirteen years. They haven't won one in twenty four hours. They've not won a Super Bowl. I know we've only won one, but and it's been thirty eight years. Wait, your Lions love needs to slow down just a little bit. They're like celebrating Jared Goff in the streets after getting out of the, out of the wild card weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, can you, can, like, you, I don't, can you blame them? He's, 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 he's like, I don't think people are going to cry if the Bears win a playoff game. Listen, was, I, I, I get it, guys. You know what? It's easy to look up north and see. De- is it north? Wherever they are. Um, and east? Are they east or are they east, west? Yeah. yeah. North and east. Um, I know it's easy to take pot shots now. It really is. But you know what? I'm, I'm not going to hate on the Lions. They've sucked for a really long time. They've done it right. They've gotten it right with their coach and their coordinator. They're doing some things that if you're a Lions fan, you're excited. Like, I know it's easy to throw rocks at them right now. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, Silly. You're, Meller, here. Silly, did my you know you were you co-hosting with Marshall Mathers today? I, mean, I wasn't it's, aware. It's just... I didn't know. I would have. I would have. Everyone was singing. Did you see uh, everyone doing some Eminem uh, in in Detroit, all singing together? It was a pool, it was a cool moment. I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying I don't believe we're the new Lions. Okay, is this yeah. a question? Haven't won a playoff game in 13 years. That yeah. one stings no, a little. Look, that stings a little. We're not stings. We're, we're certainly not the Patriots. Okay, we're somewhere in between. We're closer to the Lions yes. than the Patriots. Oh yeah, we're in the we're in like the Browns and Lions group. We're we're in like that club. The we're Browns in, and Lions. I think we're in the VIP area with of the Browns, Lions, yes, us, and we, who else? So the Falcons in there. They went to a Super Bowl. No, I don't think the Falcons are in there. No? I think who they, else is in they, our club? They've been to a couple of Super Chargers. Bowls. Chargers are with us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they've got the history. Um. Well, I mean. Well. And they've moved. We didn't lose our team. Cleveland has. So, like, Cleveland's really, really bad, and they've had some heartbreak, and they lost their team. We're in the VIP. Like, we, we run the club. We're in the V. We got are, bottle are we in service. The, are the Cardinals there with us? Are we with the Cardinals? Yeah. Washington. Washington. Cardinals have moved multiple times. They moved from Chicago. They moved from St. Louis. Well, 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 you said Washington, but that's just because they've you're young. Sto- there was a, got time. a storied history. There, yeah. was a st- there was a time with Joe Gibbs. Just ask. Just ask. Uh, the Jets are in our club. The Je- but again, we still we have the most comfortable sofa and bottle service in the club. We well, run the because, club. Well, that's because we're well known. We're constant patrons. Right. By the way, uh, Waddle's World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us member FDIC. All right, name our club. What is the club that we run, that the Bears run, that includes the Jets and the Browns and the Lions? And who else did we say? Is that it? What's the name of this nightclub? Poo Poo Platter. Three one. That's one of the meals. That's like an appetizer. The poo poo platter. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Give us the name for that nightclub, and then um, don't hate us. Join us. I had the poo poo platter Friday at the United Center, and it came at halftime. I will tell you about it coming up next.